Welcome to Our Family Stories, the only podcast that shares stories about my awesome family. We have the Waits, the McKinleys, the Smolens, the Crofts, and the Clausens. And we have a few visitors here and there. I love you guys, and I hope you all enjoy this episode of Our Family Stories. So the first time that I met the Waite family, I went to mom's house, downtown Boise. She's living in an apartment next to Municipal Park. And the first people I met were the Smolens. Jay and Alicia came over and they had really small kids. I think ranging from like seven years old down to down to two. They didn't have Avery at the time. And um and they were so welcoming as this whole family has been amazing to welcome me into this family with open arms. I've always been appreciative of that. But one thing I remember about that is I remember meeting a five-year-old at that time named Taylee. It's cute little blonde hair, blue eyed little girl. And I remember Taylee could tell stories for days so if you would listen to her, she would talk nonstop. I remember listening to her one, one at dinner and she talked to me telling stories for at least 45 minutes straight. Really cute. Uh, during the course of being in this family, I've often heard referenced her birth and what happened at her birth, but I've never heard the, the whole story. And so I recently... we sat down with Jay and Alicia and we got their got the whole story on recording and that's what you're just about to listen to and it was very touching and very sweet and tender to listen to what happened and and in my opinion it's very miraculous the events that occurred and there were so many miracles that happened so I'm excited for everyone to listen to this Thank you, Jay and Alicia, for your time the other night. Let's let it roll. So this is a story about our miracle baby, Taylor Rose. Uh, we were living in Post Falls, Idaho at the time, and Jason was working in Spokane, Washington, and Riley was about two years old. And I went in for a 20-week ultrasound appointment, normal ultrasound appointment, just to see how things were going, and um, also to find out the gender and the health of the baby, and that was in Coeur d'Alene, and I took Riley with me that day, and before you do those, they want you to fill your bladder, so you, <laughs> you have to go to the bathroom really bad once you get there, but they want you to hang on, and they do the ultrasound, and so the technician was doing the ultrasound, and... Um, I was paying attention to two-year-old Riley because she was kind of had the rule of the the uh, room, and yeah. so I was worried about her getting into the garbage and stuff like that. And so I wasn't completely paying attention to how many people were coming and going into this ultrasound room. And I thought, wow, this is taking a little bit longer, but it wasn't alarming to me at all. Um, and they seemed like they were looking at something, but they didn't say anything to me. And they said. Uh, go ahead and go home. We'll have your doctor call you. 
I'm like, okay. So went home. So so back up. Did you find out? Did you find out the gender at that time? We did. We found out we were having a girl. Did you guys have any premonitions before then, or were you just really surprised? Um, I didn't. Did you? No. We, no. No, we just were excited to have a sister for Riley. That yeah. was exciting, and kind of every ultrasound that we, that we'd have, I would say, "Is it still a girl?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and we were never really hoping every time it was a boy or a girl or or, or whatever. We were excited for whatever we were going to have, and. Uh, we just enjoyed Riley so much. We're like, cool, another girl. Fun to have a yeah. sister for, yeah. So, so I went home, and um, probably about an hour later, or so I get a call from my doctor, and he's saying things like, and I don't remember exactly, but the the gist is, he was saying things like, yeah, I saw something on the ultrasound that was concerning, and I'm like, oh, okay, and he said the the word open spine. And I thought, open spine, that didn't mean anything to me. You know, I didn't, I mean, to me at that point, it didn't sound bad yet. And then he said spina bifida. Wow. Yeah. And that meant something to me. I thought, oh, this is serious. And then, so that felt overwhelming. And I, yeah, so we, he said, um, in about a month, we'll have you meet with an, a specialist who has better equipment, you know, or specialized equipment, and we will see what we need to do, you know, what our next step is or whatever. So I got off the phone with him, and I was overwhelmed, and I was sad. I mean, it was shocking news to me. And because you always assume you're going to have a healthy baby, or at least I do. And um, I can't remember the exact turn of events. I probably called Jason soon after that or right after that and told him do you remember yeah i remember you calling me on the phone and saying um i got a call from the doctor and, and they said they had some concerns and uh i don't remember exactly um but i know that that Alicia was she was sad and she was crying a little bit and uh i don't remember if i went home that day uh, early i don't remember um, I don't remember what happened there, but I don't either. He, but he, but he worked about a half an hour away. So even if he came home immediately, it would be at least a half an hour. And so I don't feel like you came home right away, but you probably no. got off as soon as you could to I come did. home. Yeah, I think so. Um, but so I got done talking to him, and I was just kind of probably just in my own thoughts and sad and whatever. And someone rang the doorbell, and. The, me being the person I am, I thought, anyway, I got to put on the best face, you know, I don't want to show that anything's wrong necessarily. Anyway, so I answered the door and it was my good friend, Trudy Jensen. And at the time, so I was first counselor in Relief Society and she was the Relief Society president. And she'd come by for something, some business of some sort, probably doing with Relief Society. And... So I just, you know, went on normally, you know, mm -hmm. talked normally about what, you know, whatever she needed or whatever. And right before she left, she said, are you okay? And then I started crying. I wasn't okay. <laughs> she said, what's the matter? So I explained what was going on. I just got a phone call from the doctor. 
Anyway, she hugged me and she talked to me for a little bit and then eventually she left. And um, I just remember feeling like Heavenly Father knew that I needed a hug. And he sent Trudy to give me a hug. Because, you know, Jason hadn't gotten home yet. And I was just grateful that she was in tune enough, not knowing that I needed it, that she stopped by. And so I think we were probably, I was pretty sad for that day. And I feel like it might have been the next day or the day after that, that I decided Heavenly Father trusted me enough to have this special spirit in her home. So I was no longer sad. I was, of course, somewhat worried and wondering about what it would be like. But our family was super supportive and Jason's brother Jeff even offered, hey, I'll, I'll come up there and I'll build you guys a ramp, you know, to go up oh. your stairs. Huh. I mean, that's something that he would be good at and could do for us. And so he offered that. Our family, probably along with Jason's family, had a fast for Kaylee. And, um, but, but I guess my point is, in a short, short time, I wasn't sad any longer, and I think, I, I know for sure it was the Spirit, you know, pulling me up and, and comforting me, um, but I just thought, okay, let's do it. I mean, of course, there's the questions, but I was pretty much not in miserable sadness anymore. Well, I, I specifically remember feeling, after we had the family fast and and Alicia and I had been praying a lot, that... There was a comfort that came over us, and I specifically remember feeling that everything was going to be okay. We didn't know what was going to what be a, okay looked like. What okay looked like, but we definitely knew we had this peace and this comfort. And Alicia, especially, and I take a lot of comfort from her. And I, I just, I really felt, and also too, I just kept telling her, I says, you know, we, we're going to get through this. We're going to figure this out, whatever, whatever it is, you know, and uh, but. I also wanted to be a little realistic, and I, I, I didn't want to totally, I was kind of feeling, I didn't want to fool myself into thinking that everything might be, like, okay, might still be scary. You don't, you don't know yeah. what that is. And, uh, and so I was trying to prepare myself for the potentially the worst. Of, of, and we hadn't been to a, uh, and that was in the early stages, and we, and we went, um, we started doing more ultrasounds. We had to do an ultrasound a month. And then we started doing these 3D color ultrasounds, if you remember all that stuff. Yeah, I'll get to that, some oh, of that. I'm jumping ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so from that doctor's appointment to our next doctor's appointment was a month. And that, look, in hindsight, that was pretty, like, a long time to wait to know what was going to go on. Like, I, I'm like, can't they get me in, the, you know, next week or, you know, in my head that I wasn't asking yeah. for that. Anyway, so we went, I went, or we all went home, or was it just me and Riley that went home, meaning Boise, went and visited my mom, and mm-hmm. and that was during the time that we did family, the family fast and stuff like that. I, was it around Christmas? Yeah, and um, I came, I think I flew in later um, and met you guys. You guys went down ahead in front of me, and I think I went, I, I met you guys. I was down for, I came down for a few days because okay. I had to work, but. 
So yeah, Riley and I were there for a little bit longer and hung out with grandma and grandpa and, um, uh, that was comforting, you know, to go home and be with mom. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so that month came and we went to the specialist and I remember before we went in, Jason had gotten off, gotten off work and we went and got lunch, I think, and got ready to go in to the doctor's office. And I remember saying to him, this is what I want the doctor to tell me. I want him to tell me it's not spina bifida and it can be corrected by surgery. And Jason wanted that too, of course, but he was like, now let's be realistic. Yes, that would be nice, but it might not be that. And I said, no, that's what I want to hear. He's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> he wanted to comfort me and he wanted to, you know, I, I mean, he's doing his best, but I was, I was adamant that that's what I wanted to hear. And, and I can't quite explain it, but I felt, I don't know, there's some peacefulness about, I knew, I just knew. And so we went to the ultrasound. They did, they did the ultrasound and she's still a girl. I was excited <laughs> and um, they got the ultrasound all the way done and then they took us into a room and I think there's the, there was a few there's a lot of doctor's appointments so I might be confusing some of them together I think it was after a couple of looks it wasn't just uh... well that first ultrasound they told us this is not spina bifida yeah so they said that mm-hmm. they said they weren't exactly sure well, no, they gave us a name that day. They said, this is a sacrococcygeal teratoma. I that's, said... That's a big term. <laughs> okay, what's that? <laughs> sacrococcygeal is the where it was located. So that means at the very, very, very base of your spine, because that's your sacrum or your coccyx area. And then a teratoma is a cyst. Or a tumor. A tumor, cyst. But it doesn't have to be... Malignant, it can be benign, but yeah, it's too much. Um, and sometimes they're completely um, tissue, like it's a solid tissue mass that sometimes could have calcium deposits and things like that in it. Um, or it could be totally fluid-filled or whatever. And at this point, they were saying it was fluid-filled. They could just... Well, also, was that the one that they brought up the book and showed us mm-hmm. all the... That was the that day was... before she was born. Yeah, well, that was interesting, but... Yeah, anyway, so they said, they said, this is a, you know, teratoma, and we'll watch it the whole way through. You'll have lots of ultrasounds and lots of stress tests or non-stress tests, and uh, we'll watch this to see how this develops, but it looks like it could probably be corrected with surgery. And (laughs) I looked at Jason, that's what I wanted to hear. (laughs) The part of me is like... Well, I hope someone's not just leading her on. I hope this is really the way it is. <laughs> so, um, so each doctor appointment, I would that was my thing that I did. I said, "This is what I want to hear this time," and I don't remember the other ones that I said, but I want I want them to tell me this, and they would basically tell me what I wanted to hear. What do you think about that? Do you think you have an inspiration there? I mean, it's pretty amazing. I think it, I think there's probably a combination. I feel like the Holy Ghost was comforting me, saying, it's going to be okay. I also felt like this um, 
confidence that I kind of knew that we could handle it and this is kind of what I wanted to handle <laughs> or something. I don't know quite how to explain it, but I felt pretty confident and I think it was like a mother's intuition working with the spirit. Yeah. And yeah. um and then it's probably a lot of hope too. And just just hoping it was going to be fine, you yeah. know. So and maybe a little bit of naivety, maybe a little bit of uh, Jedi mind powers. <laughs> Jedi mind powers. <laughs> and so something that I thought about since then, and we'll never know this was, could it have been spina bifida, but through the power of prayer and faith and fasting, could it have not become spina bifida? I don't know, but. I was glad that I was ready to take on the challenge that Heavenly Father was going to deal me, whatever it was. And um, I, I, I believe that it could have possibly been that way. That's what also feels like a miracle to me, you know. Um, anyway, so we had lots and lots of ultrasounds and tests and went in a, a lot. And um, so let's see here around 37 weeks so about three weeks till for full you know full term but 37 is because they're you know full enough term i guess we had an amniocentesis and um what is that they stick a big needle into your belly into the uterus and draw out amniotic fluid and they test it and they can find out all sorts of things through an amniocentesis. Yeah, they can find out, determine if, if the baby's going to be Down syndrome, if it's going to have other kind of complications. They can determine quite a bit. And the gender, they yep. can determine, you know, lots of different things. Um, but it didn't matter to us anything. You know, I mean, if it had, if the baby had Down syndrome, then that's okay. But and, that's not why we were doing it. And they'd it. even talked to us about terminating... They even discussed the possibility of terminating birth, or that some we, people do, or yeah, I don't and, know. and offered it to us as as a potential option if that's something we wanted to do, and that was never even of a question. Not. If like like at any point, if you didn't want to take on a child with spina bifida, people would terminate it, or I don't know, down, I never, or down I, don't I just remember them talking to us about the just discussing that after the amniocentesis, they discussed that. They didn't ask us they, if we wanted to. They wouldn't to have done nothing. that at that point because it was so full term. I don't think they could have. Maybe it's one of the Maybe first. Like there early, was early, early on. on. I, mean, I remember a discussion about that. And, and, wow. and they just were kind of just asking us if that was something we wanted to consider. We just immediately Maybe said that. Maybe that was the first. Yeah, because I, I definitely remember us having to say, no, we're, we're not. It's it doesn't not, matter to us. It doesn't matter to us. Absolutely, so. yeah. yeah. So the, the reason why they were doing it, the amniocentesis, was to find out how developed her lungs were. And if she could be born, if it was going to be safe for her to be born. Mm -hmm. And um, they said, uh, when the test came back, they said, well, we want her in there three more days. Three or four more days. Can't remember exactly. I thought, is that enough to make a difference? I guess it is. <laughs> so three or four days later, we had an appointment <laughs> for uh -huh. a C-section. Okay. Cesarean now, section. Was, I don't remember when, but then we, we, we had, during this time... Um, uh, we gave a, you a blessing. I don't know if you remember that, but we, um, I don't remember who was there. I think we had our home teachers there. They're probably at home. It was in, in, 
in Post Falls at our house. Mm-hmm. We had we had a blessing, and um, uh, and after that blessing, um, you uh, we had this extremely powerful comforting feeling that came over us. that said everything was going to be all right. And Alicia told me she said she had one of these again, and she said um, she goes, I think it's going to be just a little too attached and they're going to be able to cut it off and there won't be any problems because we went to an appointment and they pulled out this book and they showed us deformations. They showed, they showed like people with faces coming out of their bodies and, you know, open mouths and They showed us worst case scenarios and, in this book and it was freaking Jason But they wanted to prepare us that they couldn't see everything on ultrasound. Mm-hmm. You know, you just can't. And so, and 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 there's a lot of cases where, um, where these teratomas will push around organs, and in some cases, um, they have to do surgery and they have to damage organs to in the surgery to get it out and do all this kind of stuff. And so they were they were prepared. They were telling us all this. That was the day kind of before stuff. we went in for her, you know, cesarean. So yeah. So, so the all- day before they showed you all this. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So for me, I could. I, I looked at the book like. Whatever. Yeah, she was like, no, it's, it's that's not, not like the this. way it's going to be. Yeah. I just know. It's yeah, fine. she's like, it's going to. And Jason's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, dude, it's fine. <laughs> this is not our case. I mean, those those cases were pretty. Uh, the ones they're showing us, I, I was like, wow, this is. We're talking like Elephant Man kind of stuff, and and, and it was like, yeah. You know, and with these exposed spines and other things like that, it was pretty crazy. So then they talked about what kind of cesarean I had to have, and they called it a classic cut, which means it goes from your belly button to your pubic bone up and down vertically rather than across uh, the mm-hmm. pubic bone horizontally. And the reason they do that is because that, that kind of cut um, is a bigger opening so that they can pull the baby out without bumping around the cyst, you know, they wanted to prevent that from rupturing if at all possible. Right. And so, and what that also meant was that if I wanted to have any more children, I'd have to have a cesarean section. I couldn't do it any other way. Anyway, so I'm like, okay, well, I don't, sure, (laughs) you know, classic cut, it is, you know, whatever. That's fine with me. Um, And so, um, we went in in the morning the next day and got all ready. And um, because ours is such a special case, it was the first one I think our doctor had ever seen. And so he told everyone in the whole wide world about it, it felt like. I mean, he, all the interns that he could, you know, and all the all the doctors, all the nurses, and all the interns were in our surgery room. Wow. You know, and he, he got our permission, of course, you know, and he's like, this is a special case, and not many people will see this ever again. Do you mind if we observe? And I said, no, I don't care, sure. And so when we got into the room, I was like, oh, <laughs> all of y'all want to see this, huh? <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of people in there. Wow, it was yeah. standing room only, it felt like, you know. And, um, but oh well. 
I can't remember who did they play tic tac toe. They did, yeah. So they're having a hard time getting my body to numb completely, and so the doctors are playing tic tac toe in my belly with uh, surgical markers, <laughs> waiting for it to get numb. They're like, "Can you feel this?" Yeah. Okay. X. Oh. Anyway, I'm like, and so we were all. It was kind of a positive, happy atmosphere. I guess is my point. And okay. you know, joking around and having a good time. And um, I've never heard. <laughs> That ever. Well, somebody played tic-tac-toe on your stomach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they told me to, to sit down and wait, and I was I was holding Melissa's hand and talking to her. Well, they, they had her kind of tip backwards to try and get the... Upside down. Okay. Yeah, to get the, the anesthesia or the epidural to work and stuff. And um, and so they, they they told me that when, when they were ready to pull the baby out, that they would ask me to stand up so I could see them pull the baby out. And... Uh, Yep, so they yeah, started surgery and and instantly when they pulled her out I had I felt tugging no pain of course, but tugging and pulling and stuff like that, normal mm-hmm. stuff. And they pulled her out and I instantly felt a relief, like physical relief, because I believe the teratoma was pushing up on my diaphragm mm-hmm. along with the baby. You know, mm-hmm. you just get crowded in there. Right. And instant relief I could breathe a whole breath. I was like oh, Oh, I can breathe. And the anesthesiologist next to me said, keep doing that. <laughs> keep breathing. <laughs> I said, it feels so good. I can actually breathe. And they pulled her out and she cried, I think immediately mm-hmm. and really loud. And she was really, really mad. <laughs> she was loud, loud, loud crier. And almost instantly also the nurse said, Oh, she peed on the table. And I'm like, what? And she's like, it's a good thing. It's it's a good sign. It's great, you know. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so she cried and made Jason and I happy cry, you know, just to hear her. Right. Her first. Well, well it was a relief, and, and when they pulled her out, and then they pulled out the, they pulled out the teratoma, and it was it was about the size of a softball. It was I was surprised. Did you ever see? I saw it. The teratoma. I never I saw the teratoma. I saw it. Did you see it then or later? I saw it several times. Okay. I saw it. I saw it um, when they took her out, uh, because I stood up when they pulled her pulled oh, her out, right. and I saw it. I saw it when they had her later out on the on the oh, yeah. weighing table and all that's that right. stuff, and then I also saw it um, before they put her diaper on. Uh, in the in the NICU because um, so, I yeah, got to go so see her. They pulled her out and you know took her vitals and stuff like that, and she's crying like screaming, crying. And then they put her in the I guess it's called an isolate, you know the little you know bassinets, the glass looking anyway. Mm-hmm. And said say hi to mommy, and they whisked her away. You know like they paused for like two seconds and said say oh. hi to mommy, and then left yeah. and took Jason with them. He, he they said dad come with us. You know, so I barely got to see her. I don't even know if I had my glasses on. I don't remember anyway, but I was like, oh, <laughs> I wanted to hold her, you know, but wasn't possible at that point. Yeah, so I went with them when they were getting her ready um, in the NICU. And that was interesting because um, the doctor that we had in there, he was a little stern. And he was um, he was uh, not liking that she was crying so much. She was crying, and he was worried that he was disturbing. She was disturbing the other babies that were in the ICU, and so he did not like her. She was crying. super, super loud, and probably thrashing around and stuff. They, they didn't want her to kick the teratoma because they did. There was a spot on the on the cyst that was thinner, 
Mm-hmm. So it could have been ruptured easy. Yeah. They, were, they called it a window. And they were worried about her getting, you know, um, what, what, uh, uh, meningitis, you know, if it got, if it got infected and stuff. And so they were worried about that. And so, um, but they tied her hands and her feet to the bed so that she wouldn't kick the, the cyst. And that, as a new father and having concern about this baby, me seeing that, that was a really tough thing for me to see, you know, yeah. and I, I just didn't know what to do. I was just crying out for this little baby, you know, just my heart was bleeding for this little baby that came into this world, did not know what was going on and was getting tied to this bed and, and, uh, Stuffed I mean, arms and legs down, yeah. yeah. And the doctor said, sedate her. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, the nurses to, to to get her to calm down because she wouldn't stop crying. And I'm like, you just tied her to the bed. <laughs> oh, my she can't goodness. move her, you know. And she's, what do they use to tie a baby down? They use little nylons, little, okay. just like little soft um, nylons to tie her to the sides of that the is bed. a horrifying image. Seems, I, seems to me, it seems sad. like so sad as a new dad. I know he came into me and he's like, they tied her down. Oh. The doctor was yelling at the nurses. There. Oh, no, like, when, oh. I, when I came back, they had put a diaper on her on over the cyst so that it would keep it moist and they didn't want to yeah, dry they out keeping, and stuff. They, they even, I think, applied some sort of there was like a gel, some moist, kind of a, you know, Vaseline or something, moisture to, to keep it on her. And when I went in the second time, she had stopped crying, but she was kind of like doing this fast whimpering breathing, and she was kind like of like she cried so much. <laughs> and she's, oh. and I was just. And so I just kind of touched her little hand, and I was oh. kind of holding that, and I just felt so sad. I just, I, I, and I, I think I might have even talked to her and says, "Honey, I, 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 I just wish I could help you, and I, I you know, it's going to be okay." And and it was, um, you know, I felt, I just felt tender for this, for my little baby that just came in the world, and she has to deal with this, you know. <laughs> yeah, and so eventually he came back to my room. I, I guess. Yeah, they got me all sewn up and took me back to recovery and came into my room and and they had taken a picture on a Polaroid camera so I could actually see her. So I had this picture that I could look at. And once my epidural wore off pretty good, then they put me in a wheelchair and wheeled me down to see her. We were able to touch her hand and, you know, rub her back. And um, I never saw this just because the diaper was covering it at that point and I wasn't bold enough to say can you take off the diaper so I can see? Right. I was just, I was curious, but I just didn't have enough guts, I guess, or something. I, or I didn't, I don't know. Anyway, I didn't. And um, just talked for a little, talked to her for a little bit and then uh, probably had to go back to her room. But the next morning, uh, she's going to have surgery. And so before that, we got to see her in her little bed as they're wheeling her down the hallway. We got to meet him in the hall and, talked to her and at, by that point she was super super peaceful and she was alert and she was awake and um she looked at me and we were like talking through our eyes you know connecting and I felt like I told her out loud don't tell me goodbye I was feeling like maybe because she was so peaceful and because she's so alert and talking to me that she might be saying goodbye to me. And I told her, that's not okay. <laughs> don't say don't say goodbye to me right here. You're going to be okay. You're going to come out, and, and then we're going to hold you, and you're, we're going to take you home. And so I did physically talk to her and tell her. 
how much we loved her and it was kind of hard to say goodbye and watch him wheel, and wheel her down the hallway. Um, I'm sure we both cried a little bit right then. Um, but generally I was feeling pretty peaceful about things were going to be okay. Um, anyway, and so then she did, she did, um, she did have her surgery and they said they, um, what is the word I want to use? Um, they took out the fluid, removed the fluid and then they, um, surgically removed the little attachment that was to her body and stitched her up. And, um, at the base of the cyst, it was a little, had a little, not tissue, but a, like skin, you know, just maybe a little bit of tissue. Or they something. said they thought, that they thought there might be some cartilage in there or something like that. There's some hard pieces. They didn't, they didn't really get into it, but they, yeah. cause sometimes they find teeth and bones and, and weird stuff like Tests that. And in deposits them. and stuff. Yeah. That, yeah. They said basically, you know, it was just a little like tissue or skin that had detached it. And when they set her up, uh, this kind of like internal stitches. And so it wasn't something like we'd have to get removed later or whatever, but it just caused like just a little puckering of skin and just right above her bum cheek crack, you know, and it just kind of did a little S wiggle, but that is it. I mean, I mean, I don't remember. Did we have to put anything on the, Mm -mm. like Vaseline or anything for a few days to protect it? I think we had to protect it just for a few days. You know, just because it was in her diaper area, you know, just protect a little bit, but really nothing. I mean, just. And then I took her in. I can't remember. A few days later, I went in for a doctor's appointment, and he's like, I heard the nurses and doctors say, Oh, look, she's moving her legs. And I thought, Was it ever a possibility to them that she wouldn't? Of course she's moving her legs. (laughs) (laughs) I was pretty confident about that in my thoughts. Because they never even talked to you about. That they option. Yeah, well, they showed we you horrific have pictures that never talked about <laughs> well, legs. Well, I don't know. I just found it kind of funny to me yeah. because I'm like, she's fine. What do you mean? She's right. Look at her. She's moving her legs. Yeah, she was um, perfectly normal other than than the scar. And I used to, I I would tease Alicia and say, hey, at least we got something now. We can ask her boyfriend. Say, have you seen her scar? And they'd be like, what do you mean? Okay, you're good. You're fine. <laughs> If he hadn't seen it, then it's all good. Then it's all good. But if, if he's if he knows what Scar I'm talking about, him and I have something to if talk he about. He tenses up. He's like, oh. Have a chat. So she she had to be in the NICU. I think like I didn't get to hold her until she was I think on like day three. Like so she's you know two full days old going on day three or whatever. And then we finally got to hold her, and that was. Pretty exciting to actually get to hold her for the first time. So not until day three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Well, the other thing I remember is, and this was hard for Alicia, is they released Alicia before they released Haley, and we actually had to go home and leave yeah. our baby at the hospital for at least a day. Yeah. And I remember Alicia feeling really sad about that because she was like, "I'm going home without my baby," and and that was just, you know. It didn't quite feel right for me to leave, you know. You know, I just felt like I knew she was in good hands, but I just felt like I need to be there. Yeah. You know, and I want to be with her. And they said, "Well, you can't stay here. You got to go home." And that was hard. It was really yeah. Hard. And and she was born in Spokane, so we were half an hour away. You know, so to get back and forth would be, you know, some time and travel and stuff like that. I think we only had one car. 
Yeah, remember. at that time we only had one car. Anyway, so it wasn't totally possible all the time to go back and forth, but anyway, so yeah, she had to be in the NIC probably, I think, total of four or five days. And so I think it was only almost two days that we didn't have her with us, but at least a whole full day and plus. And she was having bouts of sleep apnea, and they thought it was probably because of the sedation, you know, or the anesthesia. Anesthesia. I can't say that. Anyway. Um, and so she couldn't go home until she didn't have any more bouts of sleep apnea, and she had to pass the car seat test type of thing. That she probably knew right. about. Anyway, so once she did that, and I was, of course, praying every day that, please pass your test, please, you know, right. please do good, please don't, you know, stop breathing in the middle of the night, you know, and I talked to her about it. <laughs> Young lady. She better listen, listen. to me. <laughs> and was, was that her too? She was a little jaundice? Was that, was that her? I think all of her babies had yeah. a little bit of that, but yeah, she probably had to be under the lights a little bit too. I remember that, I think. Yeah, that's true. I think she had her little, she had little sunglasses or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but eventually she, um, she passed her tests and, um, we could take her home, uh, and she came home with a little bandage on her left hand because one of the IVs that were in her hand um, had, I think, slipped out of the vein or something and had caused the fluid to go underneath her skin and just caused a little sore, you know, there, whatever. So she's all bandaged up when we took her home, but not a big deal. We just watched it and dressed it, and Riley's totally excited to, you know, be able to hold her and stuff. And Riley was how old? Two, two, two. and a half, two? Yeah, two and a half, I guess. Two plus. Yeah. Because yeah. she's December. Yeah. Did Dude. you take Riley to the hospital at all to see her? Yeah, Riley got to see mm-hmm. her. Oh, I remember this is one thing. So, you know, when you only have one baby, your two year old's your baby in your head. Mm-hmm. And when Jason brought Riley in and put her on my bed, I was like, oh my gosh, she's so big. <laughs> Because right. <laughs> she's no longer the baby anymore. She's yeah. so big, you know. And oh wow, I just remember that. Oh my gosh, that 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 discovery or that. Anyway, just yeah, she's such a big girl compared to the baby. So, and we picked out Taylor's name. It's been hard for me, at least, to decide on a name and stick with it mm-hmm. for all the other babies for Riley, Tracen, and Avery, but. For Taylee, um, we picked it out before she months before she was born, and we were sitting in sacrament meeting one day, and I was playing around with different name, you know, combinations of stuff on our program. We were writing them down on our, you know, bulletin or whatever, and we were passing them back. Jason and I were passing it back and forth between us, saying, "Do you like this one? How about this one? Do you like this one?" And he circled Taylee. He says, "I like that one." And I said, "Me too." And we, I don't remember how. Exactly. Do you remember how we came up with Rose? Um, we well, we wanted because we'd for Riley Riley McKenna we picked from a, one of my favorite movies, um, Somewhere in Time, and so we wanted to kind of do a movie one, and we were trying to think of one. And my second one of my other favorite movies was uh, Sleeping Beauty, and so we were thinking about a name, and and they and Melissa's like, I like Rose. I like the I like the name Rose. So that's how we came up with her. Taylor Rose. Taylor Rose. And so that was decided months and months and months before she was 
born and when we pray about her we pray about her specifically you know by name and um, it helped me connect with her just you know like way before she was even you know in her arms well that ended up being a perfect name because when we found out later in life we'd be going along and she would just stop and she'd pick up little flowers and smell the flowers or she literally stopped and smelled the roses (sighs) she's a kid she's just like a nature girl and just goes on along with life. <laughs> anyway, so that's how Teddy Rose came to this world into our family. It's fantastic. I didn't prepare you for this, but I'd love for you guys to share any thoughts and feelings that you have about your daughter Taylor. Well, we're super proud of her. Um, especially since she, you know, has chosen to join the Navy and do hard things and be so far away. Um, but she just puts her mind to something and she just goes for it. And if there's any obstacles, she finds her way through it. And, um, I just am so proud of her. And I think she's beautiful. I think she's intelligent. And she's got a really tender, sweet heart. And um, I just think she's pretty cool. Um, when she started high school, uh, we were concerned that she wouldn't find a purpose in life. We were concerned. We didn't know what she was going to do. Because she's just as kind of just hopping along life, taking it as it comes, and, uh, and, 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 um, she just didn't, we didn't really see a pattern or a path that she had, she'd kind of picked or whatever, so we were wondering what she was going to choose, and so, for me, when, you know, she started out with firefighting and EMT in high school, and she started to really, uh, gravitate towards serving the pup, the public you know she really that's something she really wanted to do and and then also her patriotism for the united states started to come about too and she really had american flags loved american flags loved red white and blue and just really um has a great love for this country and for the freedoms that we have and so um and i grew up in the military my dad was uh, 23 years in the air force and i grew up on military bases so when she talked about going to the Navy, I mean, it was a little scary, but I was immediately um, kind of excited because it would be kind of fun for to have someone else in the, mil- in the family in the military on our side. Um, because I remember some of the cool things that I, experiences that I had growing up. And I think, and I knew that, you know, that it could be a great opportunity for her. So I was really excited. So I'm really proud of her for doing that and for, you know, some of the things that she's doing, we didn't know she could do, we didn't know she could shoot a gun, and now she's a sharpshooter, and now yeah. she's, now she just got certified, she teaches people to shoot on the gun range, I mean, if you would ask me that before she started, I told you, you're crazy, there's no way they're going to put a gun in that girl's, in that, in that blonde girl's hand, there's no way that that's going to happen, but, um, but she's overcome that, and she's, uh, she's finding her way, you know, and, um, and she's just figuring out who she is, and 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 that is the most awesome thing for me. And I'm real proud of her, and I love her, and I am excited to see her adventures. Yeah, we miss her. I miss her. We don't get to talk to her as often as we'd like to, but um, 
but when we do, it's um, it's real fun to talk to her, and I'm just I'm just happy for her and proud of her, and I love showing pictures. She sends me pictures, and I was at a uh, after Christmas party um, just last night, and my business partners were asking me about my daughter, and I was showing her pictures of some pictures she sent us recently of shooting guns on the deck of a boat and, and stuff. And they were just, they were just impressed like crazy. And, um, and everyone's always asked me, so yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. We're proud of her. Hey, it's Alicia again. There's something that I forgot to mention in the story. Um, so when Taylor was born, her weight was nine pounds, eight ounces. But then after she had had surgery and had the cyst removed, she was eight pounds, two ounces. So what that means is the cyst was probably over a pound. And um, I think they were, t I think they told me that it was around 10 centimeters also. So I just thought that might add to the story and Christmas break is over. Get back to school, kids. It's the most wonderful time of the year for parents. Bye!